ATN. Connecting for positive change. Welcome to the third and last episode of our series of podcasts, Metamaterials in Design. This series is dedicated to explore how metamaterials are designed and how design can make use of these new novel materials. This podcast is an initiative of the Commercialising Metamaterials Innovation Network, a community funded by KTN. The Innovation Network aims to develop and showcase applications for metamaterials, building a community of academics, industry stakeholders and investors, and make these technologies more commercially accessible to markets. If you haven't already, go check out the KTN page. You can connect with our community, find the latest news, take part in our events or funding opportunities, and much more. You can find the link in the description of this podcast. I'm Duncan Foster Fitzsimmons. I'm a designer and engineer and founder of a product design studio called Seventh. Today, I'll be talking with Kevin Mitchell, Metamaterials Lead at Kinetic. As a research and technology organisation, one of Kinetic's key roles is to create, apply and scale up new research and technologies. And Kevin's work sees him doing this in the metamaterials space. I'm really looking forward to finding out more from Kevin about how he undertakes this process and how he sees the area of metamaterials developing in the coming years. So, hi Kevin, it's uh, great to talk to you. Thank you for making the time to talk. Um, to kick off, um, can you give me a sort of really basic grounding in, you know, what is Kinetic, what uh, what does Kinetic do and, and what your role there is? Thanks for the invitation uh, to start off with. Uh, Kinetic's one of Europe's largest research and technology organisations. So we've got a, a global turnover of about £1.3 billion in the, in the last year. Uh, we've got a, a large number of facilities across the UK. Uh, we also work in Belgium, Germany, Australia, Canada and the USA. My role specifically within Kinetic is really to take what's a, a rapidly developing field of metamaterial theory and to take that from uh, the laboratory, from academia and develop it through to products that we can sell essentially to create value for, for ourselves at Kinetic either directly or, or as part of a consultancy with a, a third party organisation. Uh, I've got a particular background in microwave and RF metamaterials, but also quite a strong interest in trying to, uh, to create multifunctional metamaterials so that we can get their benefit not only in one single phenomenon, uh, whether it's uh, microwaves or acoustics, but in several uh, combined together in a single structure. So it's, it sounds like you know you're you're looking at a lot of different areas with potentially limitless applications. Um, how do you know where to start? You know, how, how does an organisation like Kinetic get involved in in a, in deciding to do uh, a metamaterials project uh, that has a particular you know starting point or a particular focus? Well, that varies. In some cases, we'll respond to uh, an external invitation to tender or request for information on a particular topic um, that might be directed specifically towards a metamaterial solution, or it might be that the, the metamaterial is the most advantageous solution in that case. But what we also do as a, as a research and technology organisation is that we will take either an internally generated idea or a piece of recent academic work and we might look at that and then decide that uh, we think that can be brought forward, brought to an industrial scale 
I'm going to try and seek a, a, a way to use that to generate uh, value for the company uh, on, a, uh, on our own basis, if you like. Yeah, it sounds strangely familiar to me, actually. You know, I guess from a business point of view, you're you're balancing um you know you've got an interesting area and 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 you're balancing work where you're being sort of uh i guess acting as a consultancy is that correct um and then at other times doing in-house developments to to then seek out value um is it how, how do you manage that that balancing act how, how do you decide how to sort of focus your resource from a, from a business point of view well i see that's exactly the same as as, as any other uh a technology that we might look to uh, to, to create value from um, and indeed it's something I've been doing uh, this very week mm. and uh, we'll continue doing this afternoon <laughs> is to look at uh, how we take a new technology in this case it is actually a metamaterial technology decide whether the best thing for kinetic to do is to seek to take that all the way through to a product that we could sell or indeed to look to license that to an external organisation, or indeed to uh, maintain control over the uh, the design aspects of that particular metamaterial, and look to undertake the manufacturing externally. I see, yeah. Um, I appreciate there's probably a lot of your work you're not allowed to talk about, but can you give some examples of metamaterials that have successfully taken this route from research through to real-world application? I can, and you're quite you're quite correct, Duncan. There's uh, there's two reasons for not being able to share things. Uh, we do work in the uh, defence and security domain, and, and in some cases we're not permitted to to talk about that explicitly. And in, in other instances, because we are a commercial company, um, it's not in our interests to uh, uh, to make others in the market aware of where we where we are going. That said, um, a particularly good example that we've talked about before about uh, of where we've used metamaterials to uh, uh, to enhance the, the the ability of a customer to operate is in uh, in utilising uh, uh, metamaterials to make emergency service vehicles visible and identifiable to uh, police or, or ambulance helicopters without the need to, uh, to use a, a visible spotlight, uh, a spotlight working in the, in, the, in the visible spectrum, which in the case of a police helicopter might give away where, where they're looking, um, or in the case of an ambulance helicopter might actually cause distraction to drivers on a road at night uh, and actually end up uh, causing further injury. And we were able to do something there with uh, using metamaterial technology uh, that allows those vehicles to be identified uh, from a drone, from a helicopter, um, using an infrared spotlight, um, so that it doesn't uh, it doesn't give away position or indeed uh, uh, potentially cause any distraction to other drivers. Fantastic, and is a major part of a project like that getting around the sort of practical issues of this thing having to survive the rough and tough life of being on the roof of a vehicle like that. Um, in general, yes. It, it depends very much on what your application is. Um, if you're looking to design, say, a microwave component that's uh, part of a, a piece of consumer electronics, then your environment's going to be much more benign and you don't have to worry about it so much. 
Um, again, I've been doing some work this very week where that's the case. Alternatively, we'll be looking for a similar, looking at a similar application uh, for a very similar metamaterial where the environment is very hostile indeed and the need for structural strength and the ability to survive extremes of, uh, of temperature are very much to the fore. Now that's not uh, particularly exclusive to a metamaterial, but it is part of that, uh, uh, part, part of the process that we'll go through for any particular application that we have in mind. And is, it, is it right to sort of assume that uh, as you're looking at lots of different sorts of metamaterials, because your sort of general um, uh, experience uh, of, of getting these things made a reality uh, grows that within certain areas this this you know, increases your ability to, to to take a new metamaterial um uh into into reality from 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 research or is it always a you know a, a clean sheet every time that you're you're looking at a new metamaterial application no uh, once we've established a route to manufacture um, for a particular class of metamaterials uh, on an industrial scale, so um, taking things to, uh, it may, they may be very small in the case of a, say, a component of a, a piece of consumer electronics, uh, they may be very large, um, such as in the, uh, in the case that you've just uh, alluded to, where we're looking at uh, potentially uh, creating structures several metres in dimensions. Um, it, it, it depends very much on what the application is. Um, I think it's fair to say that at the moment we are well served by um, the development of uh, the theory of metamaterials within academia within the UK. We're very strong there uh, on, a, on a global basis. We have available to us a very good and powerful set of uh, analysis and design tools. There's always room for improvement and indeed room for improvement uh, in terms of software specifically designed to allow the, 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 the manufacture and de the design of manufacturable metamaterials. Where we are uh, as a country perhaps a little bit uh, less far advanced is in having the manufacturing processes and machinery in some cases um, and indeed the constituent materials that allow us to realise everything we can design in terms of the metamaterial. Is manufacturing technology the only sort of hurdle to be overcome there in, in sort of taking academic uh, research you know, through into, into, into everyday product? Well, I think it's probably the major one at the moment, at least in my opinion. Um, we do also need uh, a supply of uh, suitably qualified and trained scientists, engineers and designers that can actually take the metamaterial theory being created by our academic sector and turn those uh, theories into practical products. Um, the academic sector is beginning to address that, so in, in discussions I've had with uh, various colleagues in, in, in that part of uh, the metamaterial cycle, they are starting to produce, for example, microwave engineers skilled in the use of metamaterials, um, and the same goes for some of the other domains as well, such as acoustics. Um, so we're starting to address that side of the problem. Mm. But it, 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 is, it is generally the case that uh, 
there's more that we can design at this present time that would give us very advantageous advantageous levels of behaviour, very good characteristics in a particular domain, um, but we're not always able to build uh, to realise those metamaterial designs. Does that require sort of uh, telling the, the, the people who are you know, needing to invest in the in manufacturing technology, is, is there a need to communicate better to them the, the value that they can get out of these materials? Are they, you know, are they, uh, do you think it's, it's just too big a risk at the moment or, or simply a case that uh, people aren't aware of um, what, they can, what they can do in this new space? I think it's very much the latter, and, and I should say that uh, um, through various arms of the UK government, um, we are making uh, the likes of the manufacturing catapults aware of what the needs will be for uh, manufacture of industrial scale metamaterials. So that is beginning to happen, um, but it will take some time to, uh, to, to process through into tools that are widely available. Um, to the to the manufacturing engineer, in uh, in the short to medium term. Now I, I just got to reiterate that it's the case that uh, there's definitely more that we can design at the moment mm. uh, that we can build on the scale that we'd like to build it, and for the cost that we'd like to build it, and with the uh, level of reliability and repeatability. Is it? I mean, given that you're from my sort of outsider's view it seems that a lot of metamaterials are based on um you know particular application of pattern structures in order to get um get uh, you know, valuable effects from materials is it the case that certain manufacturing techniques can be invested in and that you know when when those particular nuts are cracked then then that will enable a whole suite of different materials with different um features and values to be created um, once, once particular manufacturing hurdles are, are overcome. Yes, that that's true. But I think we, we also have to bear in mind that a metamaterial can be fabricated from an assembly of individual molecules. Hmm. Or if we look at uh, some of the very interesting work our friends at Imperial College have been in, involved in, um, it can be fabricated by a forest of trees of particular characteristics. <laughs> so the range of size of those particular individual cells that a metamaterial might be fabricated from ranges, it varies enormously. Wow. So and yeah, it's, I, it's, guess, it's, I guess just knowing it's possible is, is one of the biggest um, starting points then. <laughs> yes, uh, and, and I think in general we, we're... Uh, we're in advance there of uh, we can we can design and analyze more than we can build uh, on an industrial scale at the present time in, in, in my opinion anyway right well uh, thank you kevin that's been really interesting insight into into the world of taking metamaterials from research through to commercialization and i can't wait to see more of these materials start to emerge into everyday life and products um that was our last episode of this series thank you for everyone for listening and following us. We are also very excited to announce the first International Metamaterials Conference organised by KTN, focusing on commercial and industrial applications that will take place virtually on 2nd of February 2022. Keep an eye on the KTN website or register for the newsletter to receive all of the information to attend this eagerly awaited event. Uh, book your place now. Also, don't forget to visit our website in the description, register to the newsletter uh, to receive news and updates and take part in our community. Until next time, bye-bye. KTM, connecting for positive change.